Hello and welcome to the What We've Watched podcast. This is episode 196. My name is Chris. This is And this week, Lady Hawk. Yeah. So uh, we're doing Lady Hawk um, because uh, Rutger Howard just recently passed away. Yes. And as we often do, uh, when someone... Yeah, that especially recently. Recently, yeah. That we, you know, someone that we're, we're familiar with and we enjoy their career... Um, Passes yeah. away, we celebrate them well, by talking about one of their movies. In a situation like this, where there's a lot of dog sneeze, <laughs> there, there's a lot of like um, things that you know I haven't seen in a while. Yeah, or just like lesser, like this movie, less, lesser, lesser known. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I haven't seen this movie since I was like probably um, I was a kid. A so, kid yeah, so pretty like... much. Yeah, I was maybe like I, 10, 12 years old when I saw this, yeah. but probably around 10-ish, yeah. Yeah. And probably saw it on TV, too, so... Yeah, I, I definitely, I think, I, hmm, I'm not too sure. Uh, enough that I remembered absolutely nothing of it. Yeah. I mean, I remembered, like, the basic jest, but, like, yeah. the actual specifics, mm-hmm. very, very little. Yeah. Uh, so little that... When we were looking at Rutger Hauer movies, I forgot that Rutger Hauer was, was in this Well, movie. it was originally supposed to be Kurt Russell. Russell, yeah, yeah. But he dropped out during rehearsals. Mm-hmm. Which I think is actually, like, probably a good thing, because I love Kurt Russell, but I don't mm-hmm. think he would have been right for this role. No. I... I, think, I think, oddly enough, I think Kurt Russell is too likable. Yes! Because you don't really want a super likable character No, because he's kind role, of Even a... though he is yeah. kind of, like... The hero, but, yeah, but he has to kind of be. He's a bit of a prickly. Yeah, you know? that's like, a good word for it. He, yes. He's a hero, and you and you still like root for him in the end. Mm-hmm. But like, he's not really like a jovial, likable yeah. kind. Of, well, well, that's the that's, situation's not very jovial. Yeah. But I mean, the the that is the Matthew Broderick role of this, right? Like that is yeah, he's, he's of, the. I mean, the Matthew Broderick role is just to be kind of weird well, to be he's honest this but yes he's the outside looking in yeah exactly character yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um anyways yeah so Leahawk um I I don't remember the exact I didn't write down uh, for something but the exact like release because usually I put like the month of release oh it came yeah, out in 1985 yeah. I know that yeah, yeah. it's 1985 um it has a story by Edward Kamara I'm gonna say April 1985 uh April 1985 thank you mm-hmm. uh screenplay by Edward Kamara Michael Thomas and Tom Mankiewicz. Yeah. And directed by Richard Donner. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, this is actually, this movie uh, is what... Also nominated for two Academy Awards. Yeah. For like sound... Sound or something. Uh, like sound mixing and sound editing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, hey, An- Anyway. You know, uh, you know... This movie is actually... Um, kick uh, your Oscars where you can, right? <laughs> uh, Lauren, Lauren Schuller was the producer of this film. And... Uh, Basically, essentially, hired Richard Arnold to direct it. This mm. is when they met. Yeah, they got married after making this oh, movie. Oh, okay, cool. And still are to this day. And they're mm. like one of those real, like classic, like Hollywood couples. And which actually makes it make even more sense now mm-hmm. that because there was the whole thing in Scrooged, which was like only a couple years later. Oh right, with yes. the whole that little Easter egg with the on the set of the kids TV show there yeah. where they had like the, the fake tree and in the background it's got the little like uh, the heart with, with yeah, Dick, Dick and Lauren Dick and Lauren, Dick yeah, yeah. Lauren or whatever uh, which was a reference to mm-hmm. uh, obviously his Richard Donner's friends called him Dick yeah um, 
So they would have been only quite recently, relatively speaking, married at that time, that when they made Scrooge. So that makes that even more like yeah, yeah. meaning. You know, now I'm like, oh, okay. And um, yeah, so uh, stars Rutger Hauer. Yep. Uh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yep. Uh, Matthew Broderick. Yep. Uh, their names. Uh, John Wood. Yeah, plays a lot the of like uh, British character actors. Yep. Uh, oh, oh, Alfred Molina. Um, the uh, um, okay, so the guy who. Well, we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So, what's the basic uh, um, concept? Uh, basic concept is uh, well, there's actually there's sort of two things going on here. One is involving the Matthew Broderick character, which yeah. is the outside looking in, where it he, starts with him. Yeah, he uh, escapes, which from, is I think in a really interesting way to do it. Yeah, well, and. This is this is sort of one of the I think like uh, this movie reviewed kind of eh, so so yeah and uh, and I feel a lot of criticisms while I don't agree with them as strongly I absolutely understand oh yeah and this I mean, movie I think this movie has it has like sixty four yeah sixty one percent yeah I feel that's about fair I think that's pretty fair and yeah. I think maybe I would even go even a little bit lower only in the sense that like. It's a real mixed bag, well, and it's this very fifty-fifty. Has... It has things that are terrible, and yeah. it has things that are great. great. Yeah, and it kind of goes back and forth. This movie has two tones, and the first tone <laughs> is tones. started off with um, Matthew Broderick's character, yeah. who is in the dungeon for being yeah. a pickpocket. He of this clearly a like a a real like hard ass uh, medieval. Yeah, like ruler. Yeah, yeah we should yeah. say it's medieval times. Medieval times. Yeah. Uh, they don't really say specifically when. Yeah, it's uh, fantasy. It's, men- <laughs> it's mentioned that because um, uh, like Navarre, the 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 guy, um, Roger Howe's character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's he mentions at one point that his father was a crusader. Yeah, yeah. So and usually when people refer to the crusades, even though there are many things that were called crusades, they're history, referring to usually they're referring to the crusades. crusades in the in the Holy Land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which would put it somewhere between like the 11th and 13th centuries. So let's say probably yeah. it's you know. Twelve something. Yeah, yeah. It's like very, that. it's very vague. It's yeah. just medieval times. Um, and it's France. Yeah. So he escapes from the 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 prison, uh, the dungeon that he keep he's being kept in. Yes. Uh, which is up until now, nobody's ever escaped. So yeah. although, like, that's not his profession. He's just a pickpocket. Yeah. He also happens to be a very small man who yeah, yeah. is able to get out in a yeah. way that mouse. The mouse is what they call him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Philippe he, Gaston. Continuously, he talks to himself. Yes. Well, he's um, talking to God. He's talking to God, specifically, but he, yeah. But he does it as if as he's, he's talking yeah. to himself. Um, uh, in also speaks, kind of compared to everybody else in the movie, very anachronistically. Um, like, his, like, his... Uh, yeah, I his, have a, His phrasing and his tonage is very... I have a note he's about... Like, he's... I have a note about what is... Ferris Bueller is... Well, in his, <laughs> not really, but... I have a note about, like, <laughs> what accent is oh, Matthew oh, Broderick oh, trying yeah, well, to do? Because he doesn't yeah. sound like anyone else in no, the movie. That's the thing. And he has a very strange speech pattern. Yeah. And I'm guessing he had, like, a... Like a... Like a denture piece yes, in, yes, right? Because yeah, his yeah. mouth is, like, a different yes, shape. it's gotta be. Or it was something that, like, maybe he had cosmetically changed later. I don't... No, because he didn't look like that in earlier movies. That's true, I guess, yeah. It was, they had something going on there, yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, so he escapes, mm-hmm. he runs into, um, when he almost gets caught, that's when he runs into Rutger Howard's character, yeah. uh, 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 Captain... Yeah, Navarre. Yeah, Captain, yeah, Emmentine, uh... Navarre, yeah. um, who saves him, and then, like, basically is like, okay, well, now you're, like, my... You know, 
page boy <laughs> slash whatever. Uh, Navarre has a hawk that follows him around. Um, and then, as it turns out, him and the hawk have a curse on them. Uh, at night, uh, he turns into a big black wolf. Yeah. The hawk turns into Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes. During the day, Michelle Pfeiffer is stuck. And basically, it's a, the sun up and down. This curses that they were lovers, and that they they got yeah. this curse put on them, because and that they the, shall never be. It's like what is it like um, the? It's like the bishop. bishop or yeah, the bishop. It's uh, Bishop of Aqua. Yeah, uh, John Wood's character. Yeah, yeah. So he's basically the main villain. Mm-hmm. He he was in love with her, mm. and she like spurned his advances. Yeah. Because she was in love with Navarre. Yeah. And Navarre used to be the captain of the guard. That's, he was yeah. like the ex-captain of the guard, yeah. So, basically, the bishop... Alfred Molina has his job. <laughs> the bishop went into, like, uh, um, like black arts, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. to put this curse, this curse on, on them. Yeah. So that it, it was the, the mm. always together, but... Uh, but, but, oh, forever apart. apart. Yes, yeah. Because yeah. they can never be human at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so they live... And, of course... We see, we discover all this through Matthew Broderick's eyes, yeah. who is he uh, very confused a lot uh, during this portion, during the main portion yeah. of the film. I mean, film. technically, the actual explanation of what happened and like the 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 full reveal of the situation is not until like halfway through. Yeah, the movie. it's yeah. like an hour almost. It, yeah, into the movie, there's a lot of uh, stuff. But it's happens. fairly. I mean, for me, I was kind of like it's the one thing I remember. I don't know how <laughs> obvious it was because At I've the seen the movie before, like yeah. as a kid. So I kind of how quickly do you figure that out watching the movie? Or I think pretty quick. Is it obvious even if you're seeing it for the first time? Mm-hmm. I I don't know. It seems fairly I, obvious, but I feel the figuring out Michelle Pfeiffer is the hawk. Yeah is much more obvious than Rutger Hauer being the wolf. Yeah. Just how it's presented. That's true. Yeah. Um, uh, and and so eventually they find out that they, it they can have the curse lifted. Because at night, like, when he becomes a wolf and she becomes human, yeah. he kind of... It's sort of presented as if, like, he just goes off to take care of, like, errands and stuff yeah, at yeah. night. And so you don't really see much of him. Yeah. So it seems realistic that, yeah. like, you don't necessarily immediately go, oh, he's the, the wolf. wolf. Yeah. Well, because the because first they don't time really the wolf show shows wolf. up, the wolf, it just yeah. shows up and it's just like a wolf. Yeah, like, yeah. There's they no... Whereas with her, there's no pretense to it. So for, with her, it's kind of like, well, there was just a hawk there. Now there's, That's like, exactly. a woman yeah, there. Yeah. So, mm, I wonder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I, I, the first thing that you see is like the title sequence of this movie, and I really liked the very first part of the title sequence. Oh yes, just yeah. the title itself. So, yeah, yeah. And then when it goes into the actual credits, opening credits, the problem I have is I hate the music in this movie. Okay. I think it's horrible. I here's the thing. I liked the music in this movie. It's yeah. all like synth, and... but like not even. It's like it's not, <laughs> but not the... like good synth. Yeah, it's, it's not in that like eighties like synth like like Stranger Things kind no. of way. No, no, no. It's... it's like this weird. Well, it was Alan Parsons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, he yeah. didn't actually do the music, but he no, like, no, produced no. it. Produced it. Yeah, and yeah. it has a lot of influence from like kind of what like a lot of his stuff was at the time so it's that weird kind of 80s like prog that's actually a prog rock soft like keyboard yeah sort of like rock like like uh really middle of the road like it's just really oh i hated it it's so it's so inappropriate it's so loud and prevalent yeah and it's so inappropriate it doesn't 
fit the, the, the <laughs> like, tone. It doesn't fit the setting. It, it doesn't fit anything. I, I, I love the audaciousness of presenting the music in that way. Yeah. It absolutely does not fit the movie. It's but terrible. I, I like how ballsy to put well, to do at, that at the time. It was a. It was sort of a trend, yeah, that was starting that's, to that's, happen. That's what it felt. Where they were putting very like then modern music, yes. yeah, on like uh, these kind of medieval fantasy kind of films that would traditionally have very old fashioned, like kind of more romantic mm-hmm. orchestral kind of music, yeah. And they were putting this more kind of modern, yeah, at the time music. Uh, to it and stuff like that but this one just doesn't work i really hated the music mm. for this movie it, i thought it was when really it kick, bad it when it kicks in at the title screen yeah you're like this is 80s so. but like but no because I, yeah uh, i don't want to waste too much time no. on that but like but like usually that's a good thing usually like oh yeah so 80s because it's like a synthy kind of like uh this wasn't you like, know, like the tangerine dream sure. yeah, yeah. score for legend right yeah. things like that like it's great yeah. but this was just Oh, I hated it. Mm. Um, uh, I did like uh, the, co- the use of like color and the overall look. I yeah, the cinematography was uh, quite it was good. really good. They do a lot um, of like, I guess like some kind of like whatever like on location shots and yeah, it's yeah like all the wilderness stuff, all the mountain stuff when they're when they're climbing through the mountains with all the during the snow scene yeah. there. Lots of great like fall in the lake and, and locations yeah. and things like that were yeah. really great. Um, I thought. Uh, like I said, I, I the the I think the only thing like uh, pretty good costuming stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that really fell down was uh, like all the uh, the suits of armor, yeah, which were clearly like <laughs> way too shiny to be yeah. actual metal. Yeah, but the swords were ever, like hilariously have seen, like. Have you ever seen Excalibur? Yes, yeah, yeah. It's in that vein. It's in that. Same it's vein. ridiculous. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like first of all, it's more even more ridiculous because that story is pre medieval. That's, That's true. like dark age Regents, story. They yeah. did not. have have suits of armor back then so like it's completely anachronistic first of Mm -hmm. all secondly their armor in that movie is all like fully like it's so shiny it's like mirrors yeah 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 yeah. and literally there are shots where you can see like like you know crew and stuff like like cameras and stuff reflected because there's nothing the the swords are all like so bright and so compared to that yeah yeah, yeah. uh the the weird um but yeah uh, the weird uh, headpiece that Dr. Oh, Howard yeah, has, yeah. where it's Wait, what did he wears like once, yeah, yeah, Maybe twice, yeah, and it's just like what, what kind of helmet? Yeah, is I mean, that? I liked his 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 outfit overall. Yeah, like, it yeah, was pretty sure. good. But anyways, uh, cool yeah, crossbow. I, I thought he um, he his performance was really good. I really liked him uh-huh. in this, uh, which is good because that was kind of the point. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> was yeah like, I think I, I was I, like, I, oh, imagine we do a movie as a tribute to Roger Howard and Roger Howard's right. bad in it. Yeah, but no, uh, he's really I good. All in the this. performances were he's good really in good. This. Uh, I liked. I liked. Uh, I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer well, didn't have a ton of screen time, and yeah. her job was basically to be ridiculously beautiful. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> not much else. She, but. Uh, she had a couple of good moments. Yeah. But the problem well, is, is the nature of her character is extremely passive. Yeah, like, that's a at thing. least with Roger Howard's character, he's like he's a knight. Mm, he's yeah. off fighting guys. Well, he's doing stuff. Yeah, and, and it's like and then, and then the, the problem was is during the nighttime, most of the time it was like, well, when Roger Howard wasn't there, like Matthew Broderick kind of had to just like make sure she didn't get into trouble. Yeah, and then a big portion of the movie. She was like, after she got shot injured. with the crossbow, she yeah. was injured, and so which that was really well done. Yeah. Um, I, 
Uh, I really like the priest. Yeah, the uh, Imperial Leo McKern. Yeah. So I have a few things to say about that. So yeah, it was great. He was great. great. Uh, that's a good. He's a good actor. He's I like a him. Great character. Yeah. It was a great mm-hmm. uh, sequence. The stuff. That I like. They did a good thing with the history there, where he originally betrayed them. Yeah, and, because he was their confessor. Yeah, and, and he told the bishop about yeah. their their affair. And then he's yeah. like been trying to like make up for it. Yeah, you yeah, know? it's, great. it's and, a great then, backstory. Like, yeah, it was what really better good. backstory? You yeah, know, like, can you have than than like a a whole complex you know thing like that? And yeah. it's great because it sets it up that like Navar is yeah. like has trouble like trusting him, yeah. even though he like exactly. like he sends uh, uh, Mouse like he sends yeah. Philippe to and, take her to yeah. him when she's injured. Yeah, so he like trusts him that much, but like in a larger sense, he doesn't yeah. quite trust him because of what he did to them in the past. Mm. Um, you know, even though at the time he thought he was doing the right thing, you know. On the boardwalk, walk to the left. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that whole sequence. When they siege the, the abbey. Yeah, yeah, where like the soldiers start to come after him. Yeah, try yeah, to come yeah. After that him abbey's there. a death trap. And, and it's, it's awesome, like, <laughs> falling through the, like, yeah, 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 yeah. falling off the, like, the, bri- the little bridge part. It's falling down, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like all the little things. Yeah. That whole sequence. Actually, there's some really good sort of, like. Like, right up until the end, when, like, even when, um. There's some really good comedy. That, that, that bit where Michelle Pfeiffer falls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the sun turns into it yeah, just as the sun going, comes up, and then yeah, yeah. it's just coming up yeah. at that moment. Yeah. So that's very yeah. lucky. Very lucky. That, well, <laughs> not only lucky that the sun was coming up as she was falling, so she turned into a hawk. But very lucky that immediately upon turning into a hawk, she had full like like lift yeah yeah because yeah, like sure. normally like a bird you know you drop a bird it doesn't immediately yeah have like the bird has to actually like build yeah, it up and yeah. get up there you know so that was you know yeah but, you no, know, that was good that's cool uh, but, but the, there's a lot of like action like comedy in that mm-hmm. section with like things with like the the uh you know because they go up to the top of the castle mm-hmm. and then there's like the soldiers trying to like push the door the, the little sort of port Pole oh right, right. And he's and like sitting on, on it. And then the sword and then he the sword, the sword up, and then he like yeah. flips out, and that's what like knocks her over. Yeah. And then he like tries to hold on to her, and there's just all this little business, and I was like, yes, like this is where I can really see that this is like a Richard Donner movie. Oh yeah. Because yeah. that's this all that little like business of like mm-hmm. all that little like comedic action. Yeah. Is like totally the kind of stuff you have like in the super it, in Superman it, all that in the lethal weapon movies. Yeah. You know, it's it, very. It I mean, is just. Niche. It is just like the way that like. Rutger Hauer's character is so serious. Yeah. And, like... It, it, yeah. Okay, no. serious... No, his, serious, his isn't the, serious isn't the right word. Yeah, it's, I mean, it is in a sense, it, it, but... It's, it's, the, it's more like a, the tone of yeah. his character. I don't know. With Rutger Hauer, there's always this undercurrent of, like, whimsy mm. that, like, even when it's a very serious character, there's just something about it, that, like, under the surface, you always know that, like, he's smiling somehow, yeah, even yeah. when he's not. You know, he just has this like undercurrent of whimsy. Mm. He's great. Yeah, no, no. Um, but yeah, after watching that that interview yesterday. So the big uh, thing, yeah, the Max you, Hedrum, the Max thing. Hedrum interview. Yeah, yeah. Go- Google uh, Max Hedrum Rutger Hauer interview. Real, real good. So the big thing for me was so that that per, the the monk there, mm. uh, Imperius. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, first of all, I like. Like, they told the backstory of, like, how he, you know, was their confessor and, like, and betrayed them and all that stuff like that. What's the backstory on how he has his own castle and he's just kind of left alone to, like, I, live in this castle? I, I, thought very it, interesting. I thought it was, like, some sort of, like, he was been, like, dumped. He just had this, like, crappy, like, old abbey that he had to... Oh, it's a castle. But It, it is it, a straight-up castle. But, it, but when it comes to the siege part, it's very clearly, it's yeah. just an old dilapidated castle. Yeah. And I'm like... He just has a castle. Did he just... 
find that and nobody was living there? I'm like, like, everyone seems to know that's where he lives because the yeah. soldiers come there. And, and I was like... And they know who he is. I was like, what kind of castle would be old enough to be in that state? Like, yeah. you, a, a castles weren't old enough yeah. to be... Anyway, <laughs> uh, so that actor who plays in Paris oh. is Leo McKern. And Leo McKern played on... Uh, played number two on The Prisoner oh. in three episodes. He was only he was one of only two people to play number two to play number oh, two yeah. more than once. Because usually there's a there's a new number two in every episode. Oh, okay. oh right, yeah, yeah. Because number two is always hmm. every uh, number two is always hatching a plan mm-hmm. to get the information from number number six that they're he's supposed to get, or she, yeah. or she. Sometimes it's a woman, and and number six is always defeating him or her so the number twos are always getting replaced because they're always failing so he played number two but he he was like he did like I think two episodes in a row and then he came back at the for the last episode so he was he was a great number two he was like the most memorable and the the one who did it the most Uh, I love that show uh, UK listeners and I guess probably Canadian or anybody slightly older will know him uh, from Rumpel the Bailey, because he did that for like from 20... what? Rumpel the Bailey. I've uh, never heard of. That. Oh, it's a TV show. It's pretty. It's kind of like a. <laughs> it was like UK Night Court, but like, hmm. but like, I've never ne- heard of. I, he 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 played the role for like twenty five years. The show was from on from the seventies to the nineties. Huh. Yeah, um, I'd never heard of it. Yeah, the show ran from nineteen seventy eight to nineteen nineteen ninety two. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I remember just seeing it when I was younger. Yeah. Well, um, somehow it didn't. Yeah. Uh, I will say that, uh, so, yeah, so just going back to, briefly to Matthew Roderick's performance, uh, at the first good chunk of the movie, I really wasn't sure what to make yeah, of it, because it was say. very weird with the talking to himself or to God, or God or yeah, yeah, all yeah. the time, that weird kind of stilted accent and stuff, and it, it just, I don't know, something weird about it, but, like, as it went on his performance mm-hmm. in this really grew on me. Like, I mm. think that yeah. somehow it just sort of fit. And, and there were, as time went on, there was more kind of little moments where there was a little bit more subtlety to it. And I was just, I could sort of see what he was doing. And he was very young at the time. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this is, would have been, mean, this is pre, isn't this like pre Ferris Bueller? Uh, oh yeah, I think like so. April yeah. 85. That's, yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, gotta yeah. be before Ferris Bueller, right? I don't know when Ferris Bueller came out. Ferris Bueller Day Off was 86, so yeah, yeah. a full year. So, yeah. I mean, like, he was real young, and, uh, yeah, it's an interesting... Yeah, when, uh, Matthew Because if you look in at, like, the, the people that were... Yeah, he was 25. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer was 28. Yeah. Although she looks much younger. Than I think her. I think at the time, she probably would have been, like, 27. So, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, 27. Like, turning, yeah, yeah. turning 28. yeah. Um, yeah, she looks a lot younger. Yeah. Um, but, um... This movie's actually, like, predates, like... This movie predates, like, kind of, like, all three of these actors becoming really famous. Although, I guess... I wouldn't say for, for Howard, because it's post-Blade Runner, so... Oh, is it post-Blade Oh, it yeah, is post-Blade Runner, right. right. He, so. Blade Runner's 82, right. He, right, he right, would right, have right. been pretty well-known. Because he was in his... Yeah. He would have been, like, over yeah. 40 at this point yeah. already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. He was 75 when he died. Yeah. He just died, so... Yeah. 
So been like in his early forties. Yeah, yeah. Even so like of course, this is post Blade Runner. Yeah, my brain was doing Blade Runner in eighty seven for some reason. No, yeah, no, no, no. Blade Runner is way earlier than that. Yeah, eighty two, yeah, right? It's eighty two. So yeah, yeah. You done Blade Runner, and that would have been the main thing. Yes, I mean that's for, from like people American would audiences because yeah. he made a lot of movies in in uh, Netherlands before that, but yeah, um, even in like the seventies. Yeah, but. Uh, he wouldn't, not the most, have been uh, not the most seen. prolific of actors. Like, well, he's one of those like, people that obviously chose his projects. Yeah, yeah. Didn't just um, like take every job. Uh, but I think also because he has such a specific, even though he's a good actor, he has such a specific presence. Yeah, that, like, yeah. I don't think he was necessarily considered for a lot of roles. <laughs> yeah, I guess know? that's like there's a lot of roles that probably just nobody would even consider him for. So, uh, we're looking at his like, work, like body of work. Yeah. It is a lot of very obvious, like, oh, he likes these kind of movies. Yeah, he likes these kind of roles. Yeah, kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Not a ton of huge. And actually, I was surprised how like I think of like, oh, I've seen a lot of Rudger Hauer movies, and it's like, oh no, I actually haven't. I've probably only seen a half dozen of them. Yeah, and none, none of his like older like like home home country stuff. Yeah. Um, I saw a couple of the his old ones, like... I mean, he has a lot of bit parts and stuff. <sighs> yeah. I saw a couple of the old ones, like, way back in the day on, like, Showcase and stuff, where they oh. play a lot of art, or Bravo. And Bravo, like, yeah, yeah. I think it was Showcase, mostly, where they play, like, a lot of artsy stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and they used to play all those, like, some of those old uh, movies from the ones with, uh, you know, like, because uh, he was in, like, a lot of, um, not maybe not a lot, probably, like... Couple, okay. uh, uh, like Paul Verhoeven, Paul Verhoeven movies yeah. Yeah, before yeah. they both kind of came over. Because mm -hmm. um, uh, Roger Howard started acting in like American movies and stuff like that before Paul Verhoeven, because like um, came over. Because like he did, they did. Uh, well, uh, one really good movie that they made together that was kind of the halfway mark, I guess, of that was um, Flesh and Blood. Mm hmm. Which was yeah, I like, was, that's one of the ones I've. It's seen like made yet. in Europe, but it's uh, it has a mix of European and American cast, mm -hmm. and it's in English. So it was kind of like a a kind of a halfway point, mm. I guess. and it's from around this time. It's like mid eighties. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna say like eighty five, probably the same year. Yeah, eighty five, I think. And um, yeah, so that would have been the transitionary kind of movie because after that of course Verhoeven came to 85 yeah yeah because after that Verhoeven came mm -hmm. to make Robocop which is his first like actual American yeah. made film um, but Flesh and Blood was kind of like a mm -hmm. sort of a hybrid <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah anyways I, I think like probably the movies I'm like most familiar with him outside of Blade Runner was like Split Second yeah and, uh, and and a lot of like the newer stuff, where surviving the game probably. A lot, a lot yeah. of the newer stuff where he's like smaller character roles. Oh yeah, like he was in Bat one of the Batman's uh, Batman Begins. Yeah, he was stuff. the dude that like took over running the company. Yeah. when when there's mm -hmm. no Waynes around. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, um, so yeah, I was you know watched a bunch of clips of Rutger Hauer. Really? Various, uh, yeah, just I, and that's how I came across that interview. Sure, but. Uh, I, uh, but yeah, no, I, uh, I enjoyed this. I, I was, it was, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, like I say, for me, it was a real mixed bag. There was parts that were really good and there yeah. was parts that I thought were terrible. Um, but overall, like, I, I was, think I it might've been a it. little, 
It's not really. It a kind of was a little drawn out for what it was. It's like, not really like a classic. Like it's no, not something you would no, go I back wouldn't. to again and again. When you think about other movies from that era, like yeah. Ghostbusters, and sure, like, sure. You know, uh, well, Blade Runner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Back to the Future, and you know, all Look, these kind of classics. 1984, 1985, yeah. big big year for movies. Yeah, and exactly. I'm not sure Lady Hawk qualifies. Well, that's as, what I mean is, know. is it gets a bit lost in the in the because there's so many classics from yeah. that era. And it's not really a classic, but like it's not a bad movie by any means. It has some interesting stuff. It was just, mm -hmm. you know, you, you gotta. I mean, they make a lot of movies, and yeah. not everyone is gonna be like a great classic. Some of them are just gonna be a movie. Yeah, you know, just go and watch it. And yeah, it, it was probably a little too long for sure. Yeah, it like was two hours. It was a little dry. Yeah. It was like two hours and change. Yeah, yeah. I was quite shocked actually. Uh... But yeah, because it was around a certain point, I was like, "How much time is there left in this movie?" Because I was like, "Yeah, like it was sort of around the reveal time," and I was like, "Oh, there's still like an hour left." Yeah. Oh boy, yeah, it, um, it's a little slow. Um, but uh, but I thought there was there was some especially, good stuff, especially for like you know what you would think, what you'd expect from like a like a Richard Donner movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't it doesn't have the that could have snappy pace that his stuff is usually yeah. but i mean it is a i mean, bit, I mean a lot like, of it is i mean superman though. was long but yeah. so much happens in that movie <coughs> yeah it was an epic but yeah. Uh, but yeah well so uh so yeah that's lady hawk mm -hmm. um so up then yep probably not the last time we'll talk about Rutger Hauer, but uh probably not uh no not last time we'll have new movies with Rutger Hauer. um it uh but uh, I wonder what uh, I never looked up what his opinion if what he thought of uh, the new Blade Runner. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's never any question of like, you know, they'd have to do really weird things to like have him be involved. Oh yeah, no, no so I'm just wondering if he had like any like would, thoughts on it. I'm sure he was fine with it. Yeah, yeah seems yeah. like a pretty chill dude. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, thanks everyone for listening this week. We'll be back next week with, uh, I guess, probably a new film. We've done two older films in a row now, so... Uh, well, just the circumstances. Yeah, yeah, it's just how it works out. Um, but uh, until then, uh, I'm Chris. So, cheers. Bye-bye.